Hello and welcome to the Grove Church Podcast. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and we are so glad that you're joining us. Whether you are a member and you're just catching up on a sermon that you missed or you're someone who's brand new, we are really glad that you are joining us. And if you are new in some way, and I know that a lot of people will do that, will listen to sermons first before they visit, I want you to know that we would love to meet you at any point. You can join us live in our services on Sunday, 9 and 1030, or our streaming service at 1030. Either way, we would love to be able to get to know you. And regardless of why you are here uh, listening to this sermon today, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, good morning. If you're joining us online or you're here in person, really glad you are joining us. And if you are new, really glad that you're here. I'm Charlie, uh, lead pastor here. And so thank you so much for being here. And we do this every now and then. I just kind of want to give a quick little finance slash business update, kind of what's going on at the church. Uh, if you kind of keep track week to week of how our finances are doing, you know that for a while we were running a uh, big deficit and then we got some, some kind of some planned nice one time or kind of once a quarter every six month kind of gifts that we get. Then it looked like we we're running a surplus and now with 10 weeks left we're starting to run a small deficit again. And to kind of let you know kind of how our finances tend to work around here, we, we typically bring in on average around $13,000 a week. Um, which ultimately we need about 16 and so left to its own that would obviously be a pretty significant deficit but there again it's kind of boosted by people who give on again a quarterly or semi-annual or annual basis and so we've we've been doing really well we've got 10 weeks left and we're still going to need probably just a couple more of those kinds of gifts and then also just kind of Looking for new people to continue to come online as just far as supporting uh, our ministry and what we're doing here at the Grove. So I want you to be aware of that because I get really excited about the different opportunities that we have as a church. Not simply what we do here on Sundays or with our youth group, our small groups. Not just simply the ministry that we have to one another, but kind of what's happening out there. And I don't know if you were here last week, but if you were, you saw about 27-ish people who were going on a mission trip. Uh, to Cuba, and we are partnering with St. James uh, Church, and it's their first ever kind of overseas cross-cultural mission. We're able to kind of partner with them, and they were here, and that was really great. And a really cool thing happened. They kind of blocked uh, 25 spots, but ended up needing 27. And so there was kind of this last-minute panic about, well, are we going to have to turn a couple of people away, including one person from St. James. And the only way we can make the do is we're going to have to buy plane tickets right then and not at this bulk rate, a little bit more. And the people who were involved were kind of worried about it. And again, it was just an opportunity for us very easily and quickly to say, hey, that is something that we as a church can do. And so we're able to immediately just kind of bless and ensure that more people were going to get to be a part of this. And again, just in a very simple way, show our love and support for this church that we're partnering with. And in addition, there's another ministry uh, called Circles NWA that helps people who are experiencing poverty kind of go through this 18-month class that just kind of helps boost them and give them the skills that they need to kind of raise things up. And it's an incredible deal that we've been able to partner with. There's some people in our church that are on the board with that org. And because of some, some cool things that are going on with them, they came to us and it's like, hey, I know that you guys have been giving at this level. Would you be willing to double that? And we were able to, we were able to say yes to that. In addition to saying yes to several people who are doing trips this summer, 
We just have incredible opportunities as a church to not only minister to one another and our community, to the, but to also just multiply that by blessing other ministries in our area. So I just encourage you, um, if you are, if, if you know, you've been around here for a while, it's kind of to join in with us and partnering in our finances and just putting the word out there for you guys, kind of what we're hoping for to kind of finish this fiscal year strong and looking ahead to next year, but also years to come. As again, some of you know, we've talked about this, that our lease in about five or six years here is going to run out. And it is unlikely that we're going to be able to renew that. And so we're just kind of looking in this season to kind of prepare for whatever amazing future God has for us. So as of right now, we are in our series on miracles. And again, if you were here last week, we, um, I was talking to you about how I really like to go see movies on Monday. And I really like kind of the formulaic, easy ones, kind of the low stress kind of movies and and we were kind of talked about it in the context of sometimes we can have two, two, you know, an, an approach to these Bible stories as if they're formulaic and we miss kind of the depth. Well, this week, this last week, I decided to work on Monday afternoon because our 11-year-old, she was going to be off on Friday. I was like, man, she and I can, we'll, she and I will go see a movie on Friday. So we went to go see, on Friday, Super Mario Brothers, right? Anybody Super Mario Brothers? Anybody know that? It was, it was it, the hype, the hype, the hype had gotten too high by the time I went to go see it. I don't know what I was expecting. It was good. It was, it was, it was a good movie. I don't know. I wanted more from it or not. I don't know. It's like it was really cool. Like there are all sorts of what they call Easter eggs, right? Like little hidden things in there that if you have been playing Mario video games for all of your life, 40 plus years or whatever, I don't know anybody like that. But if you were to be someone who kind of grew up on Nintendo's your whole life. Uh, it was really, really cool. Bowser's motivation, that was really interesting what they did there. Peach, her character, Princess Peach, it was a little bit different. Here's a question that I had. They really still didn't answer. They were answering, trying to answer a lot of questions was kind of some ha-ha stuff. They still don't understand why they're called the Mario Brothers when that's clearly not their last name. He's Mario and his brother is Luigi. Why are they the Mario? That seems disrespectful. I thought maybe they would explain that a little bit, but they didn't unless I missed it. And if you saw it, please feel free to come make pause, right? So right now you're thinking that I'm really weird, which is fine. I don't care. Uh, but I, I say all this because Friday, like that night, Heidi and I watched a movie. They've been hyping on Apple Plus, Ghosted, right? They've been hyping it forever. And, and Apple Plus stuff's usually pretty good. I'm a big fan of Captain America. He's in it. And the girl from um, the original Knives Out movies. Like, this can only be good. It's Apple Plus. It's good. It's going to be good. I watched it. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. It was, it was, it was not good at all. And afterwards, you know, Heidi's brushing her teeth and I'm laying in bed and I'm just pontificating nonstop about why it wasn't good. And she's like, why, why are you giving this so much energy? Like, who cares? It just wasn't a good movie. And I'm like, we've met, Right. Do, you mean, do, I need to, do I need to reintroduce myself to you? I mean, this is kind of who I am. This is what I do. And so my, some of my favorite movies, though, and again, this is my I thought Super Mario might have been, but it ended up not being. Like these, these kid movies that really just kind of are working at a significantly deeper level. And the one that always comes to my mind is the movie Inside Out, Disney Pixar's Inside Out, if you've seen this. It's a fun, it's a fun little movie. It's got, it's got comedians in it that you really like, you know? And it's supposedly, it's just all about, you kind of learning kind of the inward workings of this kid's brain and how, 
anger and sadness and, and, and joy are all kind of competing with each other about who gets to control. It's kind of cute. No, it's not cute. It's not fun. It is, it is a devastating movie about the transition of a young girl from pre-adolescence into adolescence. And I saw it and I bawled my eyes out nonstop. I'll just say this. I, 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 didn't, I didn't mention this in previous service. I did this thing, uh, this was several years ago, right? Where I was like, I want to see how many movies I can see in one day. And so that was, so I was like, I got there at 11 and I, and I left at like midnight, right? So anyway, this was one of the movies I saw. So I was by myself. I'm by myself in a kid's movie, <laughs> sobbing my eyes out. And I'm sure, I didn't, I didn't, I'm sure like moms and kids were just like, Phoop. anyways, I mean, there, it was, it was, I mean, it's powerful. And I bring all this up. Again, because I think as we approach Bible stories, I think we have a lot to learn. I think we have a lot to grow in as far as our ability to kind of look at what seem to be fairly simple stories. And to kind of say, hey, what's really going on here? What, what stands out? What's the layers of depth here? Because I think sometimes, for those of us maybe who grew up going to church and heard some of these stories... We kind, of, we kind of never graduate beyond just kind of a, a, a elementary school level of understanding of some of these stories. And this story in particular is one of those ones that was on repeat. And I've joked about this before, that growing up going to church every week, right, you would, you would promote classes and then the curriculum would re, reset every year. But it was the same 52 stories. So my joke is there are 52 stories in the Bible, right? And this was one of them. This is one of the stories you hear all the time. But I think... The depth and the layer of, the, of all the different things that God is trying to communicate to us about who he is, about who, he, who we are, about what we need, about what he wants from us. I think there's just so many different things that God is trying to communicate to us. And what we'll see is a very, very limited number of words, a very, very short story. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, Or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So at its simplest, this story follows the formula of all of the miracle stories that we're going to look at. A need is brought to Jesus of some type. 
Someone is hurt. Someone is demon-possessed. Someone is hungry. They're experiencing some sort of problem. And Jesus comes in and meets the need. Fits that very same formula. But I think we can all recognize just off the, off from the very beginning that there are some unique elements to this that are just kind of shouting at us. And, there, and again, it's not just one thing. It's like there's just a lot there going on here beyond just simply Jesus healing a guy who was paralyzed. I mean, the first thing that, that pops out are these friends, that there were these friends involved and what was going on there. I think there's another part where when Jesus first, when he, when he first comes down there, he, the first thing he says to him is that your sins are forgiven. That seems unusual. And then this interaction that he's having with um, the, the, these, these other religious leaders afterwards. And that is a big part of this story. So there's a lot going on here that I believe that God is wanting to communicate to us again about the type of relationship that he's wanting to have with us, about who he is and kind of what some of our real core needs are. And so again, we'll just kind of start with what, again, the first and most obvious thing which is this story uh, that, that, he, that in fact he had four friends. And this was the highlight. This was the highlight in the Sunday school version of the story. Anybody know what a felt board is? Right? Anybody, come on, you're old, you're old like me. Right? In our, like, in, they wouldn't have, we didn't have videos. We didn't even watch in videos. Not in our, our church. Not, not, we didn't have capability anyways. So we had, we had this board, the felt board. And, and as you told the story, you kind of put different little pictures up here on the board. And so you have this picture of this house and these dudes that were all kind of carrying this guy, um, you know, like you know, f on four corners on this mat, right? And I, the, here's, I had a lot of questions about this. And then and the biggest one was like, why does, why does, this is destruction of property, right? I mean, what about the dude? Like, did Jesus heal the house? Like, just imagine, oh, and they, they were just digging with the roof and like, like, really? I mean, that's, it's, it's kind of weird, but no, no, it's only good. It's not, it's not strange at all. Anyway, so they're, they're dropping this dude in through the roof because this guy being paralyzed, obviously he can't get to Jesus. And even with this crowd, even these four guys couldn't get there, but they had made this decision that there wasn't anything, that, there was nothing that was going to stop them from, from getting their friend to Jesus. And this question is just kind of echoed in my head all week thinking about this. And I'll phrase it this way. Who in your life, who in your life would carry you? When you find yourself in a situation where your faith, your life, you don't have the energy, be it physical, spiritual, emotional, you don't have what it takes to get from where you are to where you need to be. If you can't get there, are there people in your life who would carry you? And I was just thinking about this. I talked to a guy this week whose, whose wife was having a, a procedure and she was going to, they, they have a bunch of little kids and she was going to be down and out for a little bit. Everything's great. But he was kind of in this situation like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to need food. And it was kind of put out there in some circles saying, hey, we're going to have to get them some food so that they can manage during this situation. I was talking to him this week and he was saying to me, he's like, I'm actually now in the situation where we have so much food, I don't want it to go bad. And he's trying to think, who can I bless with what they've blessed me with? So in a situation when they were physically hindered, the people around them rallied to help meet this need. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is a physical need. And when we have a physical need, do we have the people around us that can carry us? 
But sometimes it's a spiritual need. It's an emotional need. It's a, my faith, my trust. I, I, don't, I don't know that I can do and be what God has called me to be. It's a family situation where we're struggling with, with our core family, with our extended family. It's a, it's a financial situation. It's job stress. It's, 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 you've experienced some sort of loss or grief and, and, and you feel stuck and I can't get to where I need to go. Are there people in my life that can carry me? And I've been thinking about this a lot this week in my own life and just kind of who I would describe. And I don't necessarily want to list everyone because even if you try to list a, lot, you, a few, you're going to leave some people out. But honestly, I think there are a lot of people in my life that kind of play this role for me. And in, the, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a funny way, there's, you know, I, I get, you know, people, if you know me, I, I can get a little emotional, a little intense around um, sports or Razorback basketball or whatever other or football, like losses. I can get a little out of control in my heart. And I have a very safe group of friends when I get in a really bad place. I can, I can, let, I can let that out. And I'm not saying they make me feel better because they're angry too. But... But we're making each other feel better, right? Like you, get, you, know, you just kind of have somebody who's there like when you're, in, when you're not in a good way. That's a silly way, but there's real ones too. Guys on staff like Mark and Cass and just kind of at different times and different struggles that I've had, just maybe just with, with, with family or just kind of some things I'm internally struggling with or even frustrations with my job or whatever. And they're, they're, the, kind of, they're the kind of guys who are just always there and always willing to be a support for me. Or then I just think about some guys that I, I, that I have lunch with on a regular basis that are just kind of these steadying presences for me. But more than any of that, I think about my wonderful wife, Heidi, who has, you know, for the last almost 29 years, um, we've, we've been through a lot together. A lot, of, a lot of loss, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of struggle, and... We, we, we joke that like, you know, sometimes there's this hole, this pit, and one of us is in the pit, and, and, and the other one has always got the rope. You know, we've, and, and, and then the times when we've both been in the pit, you know, we're in there together. And so my question is, do we have people like that in our lives? People like that who can really carry us. And it's not this kind of thing where it's like, if you say no right now, well, I'm going to work on that. I'll have it tomorrow. We can't, it's not that kind of thing. This is the kind of thing that is cultivated. It's going to take some effort on our part. It takes effort to have people like this. I've got to take initiative. I've got to take initiative. I've got to cultivate this. I've got to go looking for it. This is not something that just happens. We've got to take effort. We've got to cultivate. You're going to have to learn to be transparent with the people around you. It's like, you may have lots of buddies. You may have lots of friends. But do I have somebody who will really hold that rope for me? Who will really have me? And sometimes we've got those people around us and they would, but we won't communicate to them what's going on, what the need, what the challenge is. They would support me. They would help me. But they, I'm not going to tell them. But if I can be transparent, if I can be real with the people around me and I can cultivate these types of relationships, I more than you, I am more aware of what is going on with a lot of you. And I know what kind of people you are. And I promise you, there are people sitting near you right now who would gladly play that role in your life. If we would take those steps towards them. 
Now, I could sit here and do, and I could give the whole commercial speech about, about, about the importance of small groups in the church and those kinds of things. But since Mark, our guy who leads our small group, is hosting and he's going to close out the service, I don't have to do that. I'm just teeing him up because I know no matter what, me just casually mention this would be an opportunity for him. But there is, there's an opportunities that we have here that I know that he will talk to you a little bit about. And so these guys, they carried him. They carried him all the way to Jesus. They go through all this effort to get this paralyzed friend of theirs in front of Jesus. They tear up this dude's roof. They drop him down to the feet of Jesus. And it says that Jesus is actually pretty impressed by this. He was impressed by the demonstration of faith that they showed. And then he looks at this dude and he says to him, because he was so impressed by their faith, he looked at the paralyzed man and said, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, if this were any other situation other than Jesus, we would not, we would not question anything that Jesus did. But honestly, that's something about that. That's, that's weird, right? It's weird. It's Jesus, so we can't say it. So we can just kind of pretend. That's weird, right? They go through all this effort to bring their paralyzed friend they dig through this dude's roof, drop him down, and so Jesus responds by saying, your sins are forgiven. You, you think that's what they, you think they're like, man, our paralyzed friend, you know what he needs? He needs Jesus and it's what he needs. He needs a measure of spiritual renewing through forgiveness of sins. No, it's actually really weird. Like, but do the healing thing, do, the, do the, the touch of the hip or whatever it is you do, the, the sprinkling of the, do something, you're supposed to heal him. And so it's, it is in fact highly unusual that that would be the thing that he would say. And obviously if we go on into the story, he continues on and he does in fact tell him, hey, take up your mat and walk and he does heal him. But there's some reasons why that's the first thing that he said. And we'll talk about a few of these more as we kind of look at this, this kind of third component of the story that's kind of unusual. But I think, I think, I think he, he draws that special attention to this guy's spiritual condition first because ultimately I think one of the things that God is, wants us to understand is that Jesus, is, he's interested in every part of you. He's interested in every part of you. Because this was unusual for Jesus to do this. Because even though there are some branches of Christianity where a priest might would have a level of authority to kind of, to, to grant, to absolve people from sins or things like that. This was not true of the Jewish faith at the time. The priest did not have any authority or right to say this. No matter, no matter what kind of teacher you were, no matter what your position was, you did not have the ability, only God could forgive sins. And so it was really shocking to everyone, not that you would just say that to a paralyzed guy, but that he would be able to say this at all. What, what, makes, what, make, what makes this guy think he could say this? And so it's meant to kind of draw our attention in. And what we see, what we experience about Jesus is that even as he sees this guy in this incredibly desperate physical situation, he sees beyond that to a deeper, more spiritual need. And his heart, that is where his heart went. I, I want to meet this guy's deep spiritual need. But for some of us, we may look at that and it may kind of remind us of some aspects of certain branches of Christianity that can be a little off-putting out there. Where it's not, we look at people who are in some sort of great, deep physical need and instead of helping to meet that need, 
Um, I was like, well, we got, we got to get you saved. We got to get you in church. We got to get you in a Bible study. We got to get you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you food. I'm not going to, I'm not going to help pay for your health care or anything like that. We just got spiritual needs are the only thing that matter. And there's some people that are pretty off, put off by that. But that's not what Jesus does here. But what he does do is he does take a moment and say, there is a deeper, more significant need here than just what he presents physically. And then what can tend to happen then in the church, and it happens all the time, about a whole lot of different things, and where we like to fight. What really matters, if people are hurting and are in physical, the church has been called to meet people's real physical needs. That is when the church is at its best. Not when it's out there talking about Jesus and trying to get people to come. It's when we're meeting real physical needs. No, it's not that. It's when we're out there. What really matters is what is, what is going on in their eternal soul. And, and sin is the big issue. And we, we should be talking about this. And we fight about whether or not the church by mission has been called to meet the physical needs of people or the spiritual needs of people. Which is, as most of these things are, one of the most ridiculous arguments that that Christians could be having. And I brought this up with Matt, our youth pastor, the other day because I figured he would understand this because uh, he grew up in small town Oklahoma and I grew up in small town Arkansas and rednecks are rednecks wherever they come from, right? It doesn't really matter, right? So he would, he would get this. We grew up going to church, small town. I asked him, I was like, Is there, was there ever any like old dudes in, in your church that would ever come up to you and like they're trying to make small talk with you? Hey, so, do you walk to school or carry your lunch? And he just kind of rolled his eyes and he's like, Ab ab absolutely. Like, and then we just kind of talked to him like, what were they trying to accomplish? Like, what, are you trying to, like, what am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to, am I supposed to laugh? Ha, ha, ha. Did you, oh, oh, you got me. Like, it was, just, it was just like really awkward old man, small town church humor. And it's obviously, a, you know, the humor. <laughs> of it is that those two things are not exclusive. And so many of the things that we fight about in church or churches or in Christianity in general are not things that are exclusive. Are we called to meet the physical needs of people or are we called to meet their deeper, more the spiritual need? That's not an or, it's an and. And we see that and here. We see that Jesus recognized that this guy did. He had a deeper spiritual need, but he also had a physical need. And in the same way, this is what God has called us to. And it's not just simply our mission. I want to make sure you understand that it is our mission. I want you to understand that this mission that God has and that we as a church has, it applies to you too. Because I think sometimes some of us can be, as we think about what God is interested in in my life, He's only interested in these big picture spiritual things that are going on in my life, but somehow these other aspects of my life are too inconsequential. They're too small. They don't really matter. He's only interested in things like sin and heaven and hell and eternal life and those kinds of things. And he's not really interested in the fact that I'm not sure how we're going to be able to pay our bills or I'm not feeling really good about my job or that I'm, 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 I'm sick and, and, and because I'm sick, I'm not going to be able to do this thing that I would really like to do. That God doesn't really care about, he only cares about these things. I want you to know that there isn't anything about you that is so insignificant that God doesn't already know and he doesn't deeply care about. 
But sometimes we can be the opposite, that we can be so obsessed about these details in our life that we miss the bigger picture of what God is really wanting to do in my heart. And I want us to understand that not it is just simply our mission to care and love for the whole person. It is what God is wanting to do in your life specifically. And so I think one of the main, one of the main reasons, this is what Jesus says, hey, you know, part of this the saying the sins are forgiven thing. It was, meant to, it was meant to draw up this discussion with these other religious people. He was, he was, he was antagonizing them a little bit. He was, kind of, he was kind of doing something. He was wanting this discussion to happen. Now there are times that Jesus heals people when there's nobody else around. So it's not always about what he's trying to do for a crowd. Sometimes it's just a very private moment. But this was a public display. And so he starts with sins are forgiven and they are immediately, they're triggered, right? You cannot say that. No one can say that. Only God can say that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, let's, let's just test this out. What's easier to say? What's easier? To say that someone's sins are forgiven or to say, take up your mat and, and walk. And then he says this. Verse 10. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Take up your mat and go. And that phrase, it just jumped out at me. Jesus looking at all the people around here and especially these people who were trying to start a fight with him. I want you to know. I want you to know who I am and I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna demonstrate to you by this act, I'm gonna show you that I am the one, that I do have authority to forgive sins because I can heal this guy on my own. I want you to know. And again, we need a lot of people. We need a lot of people, we need people to help us. And we need to understand that Jesus is interested in every part of you. But in, I think it, at its deepest, we need to understand that what Jesus wants he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him. And, and it's not just because it's in this one miracle here that I'm gonna say, and this is Jesus' big picture mission. But if you go through and you read the gospels and you read about why he did a lot of these miracles and you read some of the things that he was teaching, that his deepest desire was that people would really know who he was who he was and what his mission was. I am the son of God here just talking, using, the, using the, the title son of man, which connects him to deity through some Old Testament prophecies. I am not just some guy. I am not just some teacher. I am here as the son of God. And I do in fact have the authority to forgive sins. And I want to bring healing and forgiveness here. And he wants you to know him. He does not want any of us to settle for some smaller version. He's a good teacher. He's really smart. He was really moral. He was really good. He knows a lot of things. He had clever insights and had a different perspective about God. He wants you to know that he is the son of God and he has the authority and the ability to forgive our sins. And I hope that for some of us here that that might be, we have, we've been, we've been kind of dealing with a small Jesus a clever, smart Jesus, a good teacher Jesus, but not son of God, heal someone, authority to forgive sins Jesus, 
who has both the desire and the ability to bring healing to every aspect of your life. And most importantly, the deepest, most significant spiritual yearnings that you have in the deepest parts of your soul. And through his death on the cross, has the ability to forgive you and reconcile you back to God the Father. So if that's new for you, I want you to, we want you to know. But for all of us, whether like we've, been, we've been following God for a little bit or for a long time, he wants you to know him even more. He wants you to have the fullest, most complete understanding of who he is. And it's gonna require a, a just a, a, the depth, just the depth of pursuit of a relationship with him, a deeper understanding, an emotional pursuit, which is why it's important for us to understand anyone, he wants to know everything about me. He wants to connect with every part of me. That's part of that deeper understanding. And then again, for so many of us, you put all this out there, God wants a deeper, more personal, vibrant faith and relationship with you and your shoulders shrug. Man, I can't, I, I'm, just, I'm just barely making it, which is why we need the people to carry us there. This paralyzed guy, he had no hope, physically or spiritually. And his, and his people brought him to Jesus. And this Jesus looks at him and says, I wanna heal everything about you. And I want all of you to know who I am. So our real desire here of the course of this series is that that would be what would happen. We would just have a deeper, richer picture of who Jesus is. And so as we respond, we just ask, just ask God to, to do a work in you, to reveal more of himself to you. Maybe you want to take some of these issues that you have and give them to God. And so we have a response area. We have it in the back where you can, there's a cross where you can pray. There's prayer candles, communion is available. You don't have to be a member here, just a follower of Jesus. There are people back there that would love to pray with you. People who would be more than happy to carry your mat for you. If you don't even feel like I can express the prayers that I need, the things that I need. And whether you go back there or not, I want you to know that there are, have been this whole service and all morning, people carrying the mat for you, helping bring you to Jesus. So I'd encourage you to take some time and respond back there. And let's just ask, let's just beg God to kind of deepen our knowledge and understanding of him. Surround us with the right kind of people and allow this full healing to happen in every aspect of our life. Let me pray. Thanks again for joining us on our sermon podcast. And you can learn more about us at thegrovechurch.org. And if you go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect, there's a form you could fill out. Just let us know that you've been listening. And if you want to dig deeper on some of these topics that we cover in our sermon podcast or just in other issues of dealing with culture or theology, those kinds of things, uh, you can check out our Cultivate podcast. It's on the same feed, um, however you found this particular podcast. So again, this is Charlie, the lead pastor at The Grove, and thank you so much for joining us.